to the B-Sides. Hey. Hey. Hello. What's up? Um, the B-Sides is a podcast for people who spend way too much emotional energy on pop music celebrities. If that's you, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, it's a podcast for progressives who love pop music. I'm Hannah Zoe. I'm Mimi. I'm Becky. And we're so glad you're here. Subscribe if you haven't already. We come out every other Wednesday. So as you know, subscribing makes it way easier to keep up with us. Um, we're going to talk today. We're going to answer your burning pop music questions. Burning. Burning. You all submitted amazing questions. We're going to get to them. Before we do that, I, I just want to hear, oh, Becky, Mimi, how, how are you doing? What are you listening to? What's up? I am great. My dog is currently licking my hand. <laughs> So I'm getting a little uh, spa treatment Hi, right Lady now. Bug. Ladybug. Ladybug wants everyone to know that she's been listening to the King Princess album on repeat. <gasps> Does she like it? She likes it. You know, she's a bit of a country girl. She's from Kentucky. But uh-huh. she'll, she, she likes King Princess. We're down with King Princess. I have a fun fact that I just remembered about King Princess, and it's only fun for me. Here we go. The, um, her, like, great-great-grandparents or whatever – were those people on the Titanic who in the movie did you both you both yeah. seen Titanic right no I've actually never seen Titanic whoa wow. I was it looked sounded too scary when it came out for me to see it, it oh, okay yeah um well they are real people and they're in the movie and when the ship is sinking they're like rich people who decide to stay and they're like a couple and they're like on their bed and and it's like the room is filling with water and it's really cinematic those people, like the Strauss, Ida Strauss, I think, whatever, they are King ancestors of King Princess. How, oh, my God. How do we know that, they, that that's what they did? Um, we don't. It's, they, it, I mean, we know that they decided to stay um, because they could have not. Got it. And there's, like, enough. They had enough interactions with people and people being like, let's go. And they were like, no um and things like that but we don't know we don't know like that it was exactly as cinematic as the movie made it seem you know yeah is king princess still dating um the beautiful girl from the hate you give no idea she has some sad songs on this album made me think that they had broken up but okay so we should we should look into that hadn't researched it's really great i'm actually debating going to see her at terminal five this weekend oh but tickets are they're not that expensive and my two friends who i would go with are afraid that the John that the people that go there would be too teen angsty, <laughs> which Maybe. I think is a great concert vibe. I don't know, but they're not completely sold on the audience. I actually have no idea who listens to her. Let's Maybe. find out. Yeah, Maybe. Princess, let us know. Yeah, if you're a teen, an angsty teen, let me know. I really think King Princess is definitely like the future of pop. Me too. Um, yeah, I think that like that is just uh the the vibe and the kind of music that people are really like craving i'm really excited i think that i also i found her i don't know mimi how you found her but i think i found her because i was listening to like lizzo radio oh really that's cute and that's how she came up like a while ago yeah i think i i could see i could see her coming up in that algorithm um i think i heard back when i used to listen to the radio more because um i was driving in my car like didn't have a real system where I could use Bluetooth. Um, and that song 1950 yeah. came out, the one that was on the radio. And that's how I think I found her. Yeah. And then I like slowly learned a couple of other songs and I still oh. don't know that many from her beginning, but yeah. I didn't even realize she was on the radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think just that one song, but yeah. unless there's more now, I don't know. It's a blind spot for me kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Speaking of the release of new music, um, let's get into the A-sides. Okay, we are in the A-sides. This is where we go over the top music headlines um, from uh, recent history. Um, there's three new releases that we are dying to talk about. Kesha, Selena Gomez, and Haim. Um, Kesha, let's start with Kesha. Um, she has a new song called Raising Hell. Oh, if you couldn't tell, 
amazing it's amazing and the music video is amazing the music video has really um it's pretty like fun and silly and then suddenly is not fun and silly um but then kind of fun and silly again it's i want nothing but good things for kesha in 2020 and i cannot wait for the release of this album in january you said january 10th january 10th Mm, mark calendars yeah yeah, I think it's great. I think it's very her. Um, it's very much like it, it would fit. I could see the song fitting in the last album. Um, like either this is going to be uh, indicative of the new era that it's very similar to what her last album was like, or it's her bridge and there's going to be something new. I'm curious to see what'll come. Yeah, I think she's also matured a lot. Yeah. I, like they, I think the Dr. Luke stuff has like made her grow up yes. in ways maybe she wasn't ready to. I don't know, but she sounds like she... I think people, when she first came out, used to think that she, like, wasn't talented. Like, TikTok was, like, fun, but not substantial. I don't know. And, like, this song is, like, powerful. And then Praying, she became, like, Mm -hmm. very powerful. Unbelievable song. Mm -hmm. Um, We also should talk about Selena Gomez. So Selena Gomez hasn't had a new album in a number of years. Her last album was Selena. Um. Shout out to the episode we did with Miranda Fenneberger. Um, I believe that was episode 11, all about Disney stars. And what's interesting is like, Selena was the last person we talked about. And I don't know, we've never like debriefed this, but like we didn't, there wasn't a lot we wanted to say about Selena because we were just like, who is she? What's she doing? And one of the things we said is like, well, she's coming out with new music and, and we'll see what happens next. Interestingly, like it has been a number of years since she's had an album. She had a bunch of songs, like she had Fetish and Bad Liar. Wasn't yeah. there one more um, like uh, around that moment? Um, that must have been, a, you know, just a few years ago. Um, I guess two years ago-ish. But that wasn't on a full album. It was supposed to be, but it wasn't. And she then went through, like, both physical and mental health issues. And she's coming – she came out with two songs, Boom Boom, one right after another. It's been a minute now, so we won't go into it too much because likely if you listen to this podcast, you know about them. But um, she did um, – lose you to love me and then the next day look at her now took a few years to soak up the tears but look at her now watch it go look at her now what did you guys think of the songs i really like lose you to love me yeah do not like look at her now gives me like taylor swift like me vibes (laughs) yeah it's um I agree. I think it's interesting that they're the same concept. The concept being like, I was dating someone bad. I'm not dating him anymore. My life is better now. It's great. But the filter, like the lens through which those concepts are brought to us are very different. Yeah. And I heard like, um, yeah, people say like, look at her now is like very triumphant and Mm -hmm. I think they both are just in different ways but I also think it's funny that people were like you know she's probably talking about Justin Bieber but the way that people were connecting that were like were like she says um you set fire to my purpose and people were and people people were like Justin Bieber had an album called purpose in 2015 and a song and it's like or it's obviously him because like they dated for years and purpose is like a normal word kind of when you're talking know. about things like that. I, I thought that purpose was purposeful and that it was about Justin because you're, but you're right. It's just a word and that's a good word. It's both. It's both. <laughs> and it came out like it came out right after the wedding. Like I'm she gave sure it. That was on purpose. Oh, she could have had those songs in the can. <laughs> yeah, she says she's had them for over a year. I think it was on hashtag purpose. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I will say the thing I'll give her the benefit of the doubt and we'll see. Um, you know, people have been saying like, I can't like imagine writing an entire album about Justin Bieber. I'm like, again, she's done this before. But I did um, listen to an interview with her and she was basically like, these are the only songs about that incident. Mm-hmm. The rest of the album is different. And it's, like, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. 
Wow. So that's interesting. I think it's like I, she to kind of release that maybe exactly what you're saying. Like the wedding happened. She's kind of like, she's feeling her feelings. And she said, she's, she was like, I wrote those a while, a long time ago. I'm really glad I don't feel these this way anymore. So I'm actually ready to just like tell everybody what I'm feeling now because these songs are actually not what I'm feeling right now. That's interesting. I am really looking forward to the album release. Um, and I'm actually now thinking about this. Taylor Swift's tours are so late that I wonder if Selena is going to make some guest appearances. <gasps> oh my God. I often also forget that she's like extremely famous. She she's has so famous. one of the most Instagram followers we talked about on episode 11 yes. that I like forget that she's, I think of her as like less famous than Demi Lovato, but nope. she's more, way more famous. Cause I was just going to say Mrs. Worldwide <laughs> in a way that some of these other people are not. She's Mrs. Worldwide, you know? It's true. Internationally loved, adored. <laughs> but has not earned it, in my opinion. No. Like, she's not no. enough. She had lupus. Yes. I'm saying, I'm saying vocally. Oh, yeah. I'm saying her artistry. She's tr- also, yes, She has hustled. She's worked very, very hard. But I'm saying her talent is Fucked nothing. up parent stuff, too. Totally, yes. Yeah. That's all. Speaking of other things, it's not effervescent. Right. No, it's not. No, I don't think she's e- nowhere near it. Like, Lose You to Love Me is a good song, but could be so much more powerful. She just also will never be able to sing it live. She that's cannot what I'm saying. sing her own songs. Yeah. No, so I'm saying, like, can you imagine if Kesha sang that song? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's a very Kesha song. Yeah, I didn't think It's a very that. Demi song, too. Well, it's also a very Julia Michaels song because Julia Michaels wrote it. wrote it. Yeah. I know both you love Julia Michaels. Haven't got, I haven't gotten into her yet. I know. You, you both don't understand. I understand. We just oh. disagree about sometimes what the best songs are. But I understand. Um, should we go in to talk about um, other women we love? Yeah. Haim has a new song. Yay. Um, is this the song that they were referencing on Instagram where they were like, we're about to, re- we're about to drop a very Jaime Heim song. It was so funny. I, so. I was saying it's a very my, Heim song. my office today that uh, my boyfriend, every time I talk about Heim, he goes, should we do bop, should we do bop, boo. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. They would love that. I think that the girls of Heim would love that. He's like, Heim, should do do bop, should do bop. <laughs> um, their song is called Now I'm In It. And it's about being in it. It's about Danielle's depression, which Danielle's she like depression. talks about on the Instagram being like, this was really hard. And like the past year, it's been like a struggle for me to like see out of it. Mm-hmm. I really like this song. I also just like love Haim. And I've been following them from like the very, very beginning. And I feel like I've watched them like grow from their EP. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Danielle said, we have the quote here. Um, it was a long quote on Instagram. You should definitely look at it. Um, but she said, um, after being constantly on the go the past couple of years, I didn't want to stop and deal with some shit. Also, every day my sisters and I feel so fucking lucky that we get to do this for a living. It seemed like stopping and dealing with these emotions would be letting everyone down. But every time I've been depressed, it takes me accepting that I need help to start to get out of it. I thought that was notable to share because I think it goes to what we talk about a lot on the B-sides, which is just, you know, the pressures that celebrities feel um, cause they, they want to feel this like gratitude and like they're here and they're so grateful, but also like they go through shit and I, it always makes me feel sad when people feel like they can't tell us what's going on because they have to show gratitude. Like that's a bummer. It's like Selena too. I think she suffers from that same thing. And that, I think that's also why she's hasn't come out with an album in so long and just really stepped back to deal with her health. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a great song. And I think, um, it's helpful from that celebrity angle, but then it's also helpful from just like a broader mental health angle and bringing awareness to that for regular people mm-hmm. because that is often, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like one of the invisible illnesses that is getting taken more seriously, but still not seriously enough, certainly. So yeah. it's yeah. nice whenever someone um, who is relatively famous uh, like creates art, creates beautiful art that's related to it yeah yeah and the song summer girl too that came out this summer was about uh danielle's boyfriend who had cancer really mm. yeah oh i didn't know that yeah 
They've been like two very serious songs. She talked about it on their Instagram too. Wow. That summer girl, she like wrote to like cheer him up when he had kids. Oh my goodness. Oh. Sounds They're like no longer is... together, but he's oh. he's in remission. Oh wow. Thanks yeah. for that update. Yeah. Summer it Girl sounds... also great. I'm really excited for the new album. I have seen them on tour twice and I will see them again. Yay. Um, getting into more things that we love and some things that we hate. Um, why don't we go into the B-sides and answer your pop music questions? All right. And now we're in the B-sides of the B-sides. Yay, we're here. Isn't it great to be here, everybody? We made it. Okay, so today what we're doing is we are answering your burning pop music questions. You've got Qs, we've got As. Um, there's so much to get into with all of our takes and opinions. Um, you know, we we all just walk around this world wanting our pop music questions answered, and uh, that's what we're going to do today. Some of these um, questions that you all asked on our Instagram at Listen to the B Sides or on our Facebook group, which is the B Sides, um, are questions where you wanted us to do a little bit of research for you. So we got some of that for you. And others were questions where you just want to know our takes, which is very flattering, if I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start with a juicy opinion question? This one is. Um, complicated and I think kind of like was a little existential for me personally when I when I received it the question is does pop music matter as much as it did 10 years ago so I don't know Becky maybe I'll start with you what do you think um I well yes I do think that it does matter as much but that it's evolved and it's different than what it was 10 years ago and that's the credit to how we consume our music today like we can consume our music so much differently yeah than when we did that's just because the internet exists now I mean it existed 10 years ago but it, it's more ubiquitous now than it was then like if you think about how we only had cds or like 90 second clips of songs which I don't even really know why that even existed and who thought that was a good thing I guess that was 20 years ago honestly at this point right not even 10, but like we would carry around those like clips of like singles. Um, and that back then there was way less space for other music because there was different ways. We didn't like, now you go into Spotify and there's like a whole library of things. And like, I do still think that pop music is important. And I really do think it still matters to 12 year olds, which I think yeah. is kind of what the question that, that the person is getting at. It's like, does it matter as much? And like, I still think if you ask 15 or 14 year old like yes they still have pop icons right like look at taylor swift's fandom totally i mean i think that's the thing that i'm thinking about in terms of i mean my my initial gut reaction to this question was no it doesn't matter as much as it did um i'm thinking about becky in your most recent episode about um pop music and masculinity where in the you sides you were um you asked folks to share like what artist comes to mind when they think of the word pop and so few were from the last 10 years. Like a lot of them, of course, are Queen Britney, our Princess Moore. Like, like, you know, a lot of those people were from a long time ago. And a lot of the people who we might think of today with pop music might not even associate themselves with pop. So in some ways, like Britney was the beginning and the end of pop stars at that level. We haven't had anything like that since. Even Taylor, even Beyonce, even Ariana are a little bit different in the flavor of like how ubiquitous or how much they frankly matter um and i just feel like pop is not queen anymore it's just really important and really interesting as a genre but it's not it doesn't matter at the same level that it used to which is a little bit existential for me i promise i won't answer any other question like this but i think i just didn't really understand it and maybe that's just because i didn't have a visceral sort of yes or no mm -hmm. the way that you two did but like I was thinking matter how and matter as much to whom okay. because very technical that's like it's like really annoying to do this um but, no, but I think you're right yeah but I think if you ask a teen pop matters a lot but doesn't doesn't like post Malone matter more not necessarily and who's to say he's not pop oh right okay yep yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just sort of feels, it's an interesting question, don't get me wrong. 
but it just feels like an impossible one without like a frenzied series of sub questions that help me think about it more. Wait, follow up. Yeah, please follow up. Um, I just, I just think that the lens can sort of shift pretty dramatically based on like individual experience who is thinking about this, where they are in their lives. I understand that like we're the ones who are supposed to be thinking about this and I, (laughs) and I am, but I'm just trying to think about like how objectively are we trying to talk? Are we talking about like the industry, the space it takes up in the industry, which is I think what we're sort of talking about, but are we also just talking about like on an individual level, what it means to people of a certain age group, which we're also sort of talking about. And those things are obviously connected. So I don't know, but I think it's an interesting question. I think it matters a lot. And I think it mattered a lot 10 years ago. And I think all the things Becky was speaking to about the way that technology has changed things are worth considering and things have changed, but it matters. Hell yeah. Pop music matters. Dirty pop. Okay. That's fun. I like that question. Um, Let's go to a shorter, simpler question. We got this question from the Facebook group. Are we all saying Avril Lavigne's name wrong? Why isn't it Lavigne? Okay. I did not study French in school. And I certainly didn't study French-Canadian culture. But I did look up how she says her name. I, like, looked up interviews. And she says, hi, I'm Avril Lavigne. How would you describe your music? I would describe my music and my sound as Avril Lavigne. Tell me what My favorite story about Avril Lavigne's name is that one time when I was at karaoke, we ran into a bunch of people I know who are like older Jewish professionals, and they asked, what's your go-to karaoke song? I'm making a list. And I was like, oh, anything by Avril Lavigne. And I saw her typing in her phone, in her notes app, Avril Levine, L E V I N E. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Um, I th- my only thought about this was like, you know, maybe it's supposed to be Lavigne, but like my name Wildbacker is supposed to be Weilbacher, mm-hmm. but like I don't say that. So maybe like Avril Levine knows she should say that in some, but like you know she says Levine. Because mm-hmm. you're you're German, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. You are. Yeah. Eisen is. Uh-huh iron in german um but i feel like it should be i mean it shouldn't be that different but it should be like eisen and like kind Ah. of different you know eisen i revealed my identity (laughs) and stern means star in german oh my god we're all so german three german jews well the the side of the side that i'm german is not my jewish side so it's like a little bit like sus me neither oh really yes wow like partially non-jewish like half beautiful we've got a lot to unpack here it's my jewish side so nice my whole side is jewish there's no non-jewish side (laughs) my whole side okay so that's what we know about avril levine folks hope that was helpful um the next question not so straightforward (laughs) okay this is a question from the facebook group is taylor swift gay (sighs) oh boy okay This is a question that we could answer many different ways, and we all have our personal opinions and speculations. Rather than speculating wildly, which could be a little irresponsible, even if it's fun for this particular person, um, I thought that what we could do is um, give you all like an overview of the landscape of the canon of Gaylor. So the first thing you should know is that there's an amazing podcast that's hosted by two queer women called Taydar, like radar, you know, radar turned to gaydar turns to Taydar, right? It's really fun and really great and so perfect for B-Sides listeners um, that breaks down a lot of this stuff. So I highly recommend it. Um, There's also some master posts from Tumblr that I've linked in the description of this episode that kind of give all of the evidence that you all should like really go into and have fun if you want to learn more about that. Um, I think that what I do realize a lot of people don't know is that there are a lot of people who think Taylor Swift is gay. Like this is a big thing. And if this is new for you as you're listening right now, great. Welcome to the world of Tadar or Gaylor as she's also known. 
it's really a fun place on the internet to be. Um, but it is, uh, it's, it's something that I thought was very common knowledge, but it's not. So basically, here's the case. If you're looking for it, the evidence of Taylor Swift being gay is everywhere. And while you could say that's just, you know, we're finding evidence that you're looking for, another way of thinking about this, about Taylor Swift in particular, she has built a career of asking her fans, her supporters to read into everything that she creates through her Easter eggs, right? Like she's constantly, constantly like, you know, dissect every one of my Instagram posts, look at all of my videos very closely, read all of my lyrics. So in some ways she knows what she's doing when she, you know, is hiding little things that people might think say that she's gay. So whether or not she's gay, I do think that she knows that she is feeding some of these thoughts. Um, so people who, who believe that she's gay are in a few camps about who she's dating right now, but most of them believe that she's currently with Carly Kloss. I'm kind of of the mindset that I think that she was with Carly Kloss, but I don't think she is anymore. I don't know. Um, other relationships that are seen as canon are um, her bandmate, Emily, a long time ago. Um, Emily left like before the Fearless tour, like on the Fearless tour, something like that. So this is a long time ago. And Diana Agron from Glee and Carly Kloss. Those are some of the like, if you're with this theory, these are the people she was with. Um, so that's some of the fun stuff. I mean, I'll say a lot of her lyrics are really, um, like they could go in a lot of different directions, which is fun, whether or not her sexuality is anything. Um, like some of those songs on Lover, especially, I wasn't even sure what I was feeling, but then when we were listening to Lover, like Cruel Summer is so beautifully gay whether or not she's gay the song is beautifully gay the timeline from cornelia street is something people point to a lot um because it doesn't really match up with her dating joe but it seems to be about someone that she's still with because she rented a place on Cornelia Street like a long time ago. I rent a place on Cornelia Street. I sit casually in the car. Anyway, it's nice to have a friend is like, I'm, I mean, is beautifully, beautifully, beautifully gay. So those are some of the main points you wanted to hit. I highly recommend going to the master post uh, linked below and the PowerPoint that is also linked below. That's so fun. A great way to spend an afternoon. I don't know, Becky, Mimi, do you have any reactions or thoughts to all the things that we're learning along this journey? I think you said it best too. And thank you for taking us through the canon. I think you've taught me personally a lot and a lot of people. So thank you for your service. Oh, it's my pleasure. Really, it's my pleasure. Please let's DM about this all the time. Um, okay, next question. What's up with the music from this episode phenomenon in teen shows in the early 2000s? I'm getting excited because this is really Mimi's bread and butter. Um, okay, the next question related to this is how did Shonda, Shonda Rhimes, get such good music on her shows? Um, and this author actually said, um, I'm rewatching Mimi's favorite show that she's ever seen, that she's never seen. Sorry, that's funny. I'm rewatching Mimi's favorite show that she's never seen, Grey's Anatomy, and reveling in all the featured Rilo Kylie and Tegan and Sarah. So this has been on my mind. Um, first, I just want to say, did you know that The Guardian has credited Grey's Anatomy with popularizing the songtage or the musical montage segments? Yes. I knew that. Becky knew. Yes, because I recently just started watching Grey's Anatomy for the first time in April, and I'm embarrassingly extremely far into it. And I just want to say, whoever wrote this question, I was just thinking about this the other day because they they dance on Grey's Anatomy quite often to um, Word of the Good Go by Tegan and Sarah. And I'm like, this is so random. Also, they don't dance on beat. It's not very like a dancey like. They like, they like shake it out songs, like let's dance it out. And like they dance to Word of the Good to Go by Tegan and Sarah. And I'm like, all right, like this is a great song, but not one I put on when I'm like, fuck everyone. I just want to dance it out. I need you alive. You make me brave. Okay. Now we dance it out. (sighs) 
Yes, I did know because when I started watching Grey's Anatomy, my mom was like, oh, that show's so good, especially for, it's really famous for the way it incorporated its music. Wow. Um, Your mom knows. Yeah. So that's how I learned. Like that's, it was a huge deal when she came out in 2005 because not a lot of shows did it like that prior. Mm. Mm. Wow. Where like songs played a very personal and like development, developmental role in the show. Like in the characters. Yeah, and also, like, they play it at opportunity. Like, the, the song lyrics often tell a tale about things that are going on. Mm. Like, when people are dying, they have the chasing car. Wait, that was not the beat. You know the chasing <laughs> car snow patrol song? Yeah. Yeah, but now I can't think of it because of that beautiful rendition. <laughs> yeah. I... Now, there it is. Please go on. Lay here. Yes. Yeah. Would you lie with me? Yeah, anyway, that's like an important, pivotal part in the show. Have you guys never seen it? Um, I have seen parts of it um, on a few occasions, a couple of which were with the person who asked this question, which is one of our friends from high school. Becky, I will introduce you to her because you guys are soulmates in Grey's Anatomy. Um, yeah, I, did, I, I didn't know as much as you know about the song Taj um of it all but of course i had an answer for this anyway um which is that i think okay i think that this goes hand in hand with the development of online music stores Mm -hmm. these sort of soundtracks yes um and letting people know what the music was from the episode pretty quickly these early streaming services whether it was napster or like iTunes, um, where music was increasingly available in single format and pretty immediately. So like, I don't know Grey's Anatomy that well, but my understanding is like the elevation of these singles and soundtracks for episodes is happening in recognition with the fact that people can just like access them in their own music libraries at home. Um, And that was a new feat. And weirdly, I was like, I saw um, part of High Fidelity recently. Do you guys know that movie from 2000, John Cusack? Mm -hmm. And he, like, owns this record store. And he's like, I forget which artist he was trying to sell. But he was like, I'm going to sell three copies of, like, this artist right now. He's, like, looking around the store. And he starts, like, playing a song. Um, And then something else happens. But it's like, oh, this is, like, your – this is, like, a thing you do. Because people are in the store, and they're looking to buy something. And if you just start playing something, they'll be like, what's that? And then they might buy it. And now that can happen at home. Um, Well, now you can just listen to it on Spotify for free. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So, per the Shonda question and good music – and, Becky, this goes to what you're saying about kind of, like – all of these pivotal moments in the show, which is like very dramatic and makes you feel something is that like in this show, my favorite show that I've never watched (laughs) Grey's Anatomy. I understand that it's all about like big feelings. And if you're having big feelings in your life, or if you're like feeling nothing, this show can like work both ways, I think. Um, But also, so big feelings, but in like a relatively thoughtful an articulate way and these songs sort of like telling a story and that pairs perfectly with Rilo Kylie and it pairs perfectly with Tegan and Sarah and all of these sort of like non dude led alt rock and indie music from the aughts. Yeah. And it's not just Sean, it's not just Grey's Anatomy, but like all of the Shonda shows like are very music heavy. Yes. Just, we could do a whole podcast on Shonda. We could, we could. We, I love we, we might. We Good will. Question. Okay, great question. Now, what we're going to do is do an interlude of rapid fire questions. So, these are questions for Mimi and Becky that they have not seen. All the other questions they've gotten a chance to see, to ruminate on, to think about. This seems unfair. I know. <laughs> I just want to say that, like, no one consented to this except Hannah, which didn't, which she created it. So she didn't need to be the one to consent to it. Like we never yeah, consented no. to this part. And then also I feel like in general with rapid fire situations, like it's always a surprise and no one gets to consent. <laughs> yeah. This is unfair, Hannah, but go on. We'll entertain. 
Go on. Okay, you can always pass. Just go, Hannah. Okay, ready? Um, I'm going to start with Mimi. Mimi, Brittany or Christina? Brittany. Becky, playlist or album? Playlist. Mimi, will J-Lo win an Oscar for Hustlers? Yes. Becky. If, there's, if there's justice in the world, caveat. <laughs> Becky, is Billie Eilish pop music? Oh, I don't pass. Mimi, what's the playlist of your life called? <laughs> oh, I'm glad I didn't get that question. <laughs> this is like the name of a playlist that I already have that I'm like this, or it's a playlist that I'm like coming up with on the spot. Yeah. Uh-oh. Either um, one. I have one that's like, it's like I made it on my way home from grad school and it was like back to Philly summer. That's beautiful. That doesn't describe my life, but it is a pretty good playlist. You do you do go to Philly in the summers like often and other seasons as well. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um I love that. That's a good one. No, it's not. Okay, well that's what rapid fire is for is the the best worst option. Okay. okay, Becky. Go to a club with Ariana or get coffee with Taylor. Oh man. I think I get coffee with Taylor. I don't know. That's so hard. I get coffee with Taylor because I'm worried that Ariana will do too many party drugs for me. For my taste. Mm -hmm. Great answer. Mimi, eat a burrito bowl. (laughs) Eat a burrito bowl with Frank Ocean or sit in silence with Janelle Monae. Sit in silence with Janelle Monae. Beautiful. Becky, who's overrated? Oh, it's not an either or question. No, I have to no, think no. about who's overrated. Anybody. I was like, who's overrated? I'm listening. Um, I don't understand. Billie Eilish. There you go. There it is, folks. Okay, great rapid fire. That seems like it'll be a regular segment for every episode because you loved it so much. Just kidding. Okay. I do, I do kind of like them in general. I just, it was difficult. And so I got mad. <laughs> you, got, you got the hard one. Okay. This one's easier. Okay, here's a question that I think came from Instagram, if I'm remembering correctly. Which two artists do you want to see collaborate? Becky, what do you think? Lizzo with legitimately anyone. Do you know that she and Ariana are Oh, right. (laughs) Well, for those who don't know. Lizzo, supposedly, according to Hannah, the rumor is that she's about to collab with, um, with Ariana. Doing good as hell as a remix. Wait, 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 wait. We have not talked about Rise and Shine. Oh my God, we haven't. Rise and Shine. <laughs> Speaking oh, of a, another Ariana collab. What's the like future of pop music? Rise I would like to see Kylie Jenner collab with literally anyone. <laughs> I would like to see Stormy Webster collab. Rise and Shine. So beautiful. Okay, Mimi, who do you want to see collab? I'd love to see like a Rita or a, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I would like to see Kalani and Lil Nas X. Amazing. I just think that they're both extremely talented and like emotionally down to earth and articulate and in touch. And those combinations are like my favorite thing in music. And I think they could do it together really well. And they're also both, like, silly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're ready for all those collabs. I love it. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. This next question. Tell us about the times when pop has intersected with other genres and which ones you enjoyed. Okay, so I'll answer first. What I said is, I think this happens, this is, like, what pop is. This happens all the time. Like, it's a core tenet of pop music in some ways. Um, so, um, but the, and I actually first like answer this with a million different genres because I love them all. So the one I thought I would like hone in on for this, um, question is I really have been here for when you really can't tell if a song is pop or rock. Like I love when those two come together, like anything by Harry Styles or Maggie Rogers or what Miley Cyrus has been doing these days, King Princess, like that kind of vibe. Um, or even like when Taylor Swift and the Jonas Brothers like get into that, is this a little rocky? You know, they're they're a little bit more cuspy, I would say, than some of the other ones I mentioned. But when pop and rock come together, I love it. 
Becky, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's a lot of folk that's also like folk pop music, like The Head and the Heart. Um, yeah. Very folk poppy. I don't know if they're really that good anymore, but they were good in the very beginning. Um, even like some Fleet Foxes um, yes. is very uh, folk pop. There's a lot. Jenny Lewis, very folk pop. Um, would say that. Yeah. Love it. That's it for me, champ. Maybe. What about you? So there are so many options here, as you both pointed to, but I can basically never resist a pop song that intersects with dance hall mm-hmm. of the Jamaican tradition. So these are songs like Sean Paul's Get Busy, Rihanna's Ponder Replay, or Work, Drake's One Dance, Controla, and even Ariana Grande's Bloodline, and probably mm-hmm. other songs. Um, yeah, they're just like absolute pops every time. And they sound like, although I've just rattled off a few top 40 ones, um, they sound like little S, little else that's out there compared to all the mainstream pop that surrounds them. So, yeah. So good. Okay. We love all this stuff. Okay. Next question is a little more about um, some research you wanted us to do for you. And we're happy to just be your research assistant. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask besides um okay the question was how do different charts measure ratings what is top 40 measuring how is it different than the billboard 100 and are there different metrics in other countries so this question um there's a lot of information that can answer this question i'll try to go through it um relatively briefly essentially the billboard hot 100 is the music industry standard record chart in the united states for songs so the chart rankings are based on sales physical and digital, of course, radio play, and online streaming. So that includes Spotify, Apple Music, stuff like that. It does not include YouTube. That was part of the question also was like, does that include YouTube and other things? It doesn't. Um, And it's all just in the U.S. And different, like the physical sales, digital sales, radio play, online streaming, it's not all like one-to-one, of course. It's like many, many, many streaming songs equals one um, physical download, which is why you know, your faves will often say hashtag stream dedicated. I mean, hashtag buy dedicated on iTunes, for example, after Carly Rae drops her album. Um, Okay. So that's the billboard hot 100 top 40 is basically, there's a big asterisk on this, but it's basically the top 40 of the billboard 100. It's just the top 40 of those, which was made famous by American top 40, um, which is a radio show that many of us now know with Ryan Seacrest, but um, it's the top 40. So basically American top 40 used to just be the top 40 songs um, from when it started from 1970 to 1991, 1991, things got way more complicated where they are basically like, you know, pop versus all these other genres is kind of, um, is too mushy. So they kind of went away from having American top 40 just be the top 40 songs. And they tried to make it a little bit more like um, broader, Um, especially because rock was really splintered into a lot of different formats in the 1980s. So it was like this weird thing where like American top 40 would be very diverse in styles and formats that the songs were playing. And what was interesting was that people were noting no one station played all of the songs on the top 40 list because they represented a lot of different formats. So in some ways it's kind of sad. Basically American top 40 switched to being just the top 40 mainstream chart is what it's called now, which is basically pop music. Like if you go to the Wikipedia page for the top 40 mainstream start, it's a chart. It's literally the redirection from pop music, um, which is kind of wild. So it has a lot more mainstream hip hits and fewer like urban dance rap songs, which is much more complicated these days. And I bet that will change again. I think we're at like a moment where that would change. So essentially billboard hot 100 is all sales and streaming top 40 should be just the top 40 of those, but it gets a little more complicated because they wanted to really make room for mainstream music. Um, which is complicated. So thank you for that question and for a chance to learn about that. That's so cool. Thanks for taking us through it. Yeah, that was great. Great. Okay. So the next question is, who are some up and coming artists? Um, And I was thinking about when we got this question, there have been some people that we've quote unquote called, I'll say we called it, in the B-Sides community. For example, Lizzo was on the first B-Sides playlist ever, which was February 2017. You're welcome. 
um, Kelani, Haley Kiyoko. Those are some of the people that we were like, this person's going to be big. So you're welcome. Um, Mimi, why don't we start with you? Who is an up and coming artist? Rita Oris. <laughs> Forever. Just kidding. Um, She's always up and coming. She just doesn't arrive. <laughs> who is she? Yeah. Don't know her. She's never, she's not pulling into the station anytime soon. Okay. Um, I think Khalid, mm-hmm. who I love, Megan the Stallion, King Princess, Snail Mail. Those are the four I listed, all, all um, taking up sort of like a very different space in the music world, but love it. But all great. So good. Becky, who do you think is up and coming? I went with two country pop singers. Um, they're uh, Lauren Elena, who I don't know, she's pretty up and coming. She won American Idol or she like plays in second, but I don't think she, that's what she's going to achieve fame. Um, she's great. She's got some good singles out, as well as um, Kelsey Ballerini, mm-hmm. who she keeps on the up and up, but she has yet to arrive. But if, we're, if you guys are looking, if you like young Taylor Swift music, she's your girl. Cool. Um, I've listened to Kelsey Ballerini. I've never listened to Lauren. So Lauren's good. Yeah, she has some new songs coming out. She's also um, on Dancing with the Stars currently, which is how oh. I found her. Awesome. Okay, the two that I put um, were Normani. I think she's seriously going to be huge. I think Ariana's mm-hmm. tour is really helping her, um, but she's just carving out a really awesome space for her. And her like debut as a solo artist is just – she could not be doing better. So I'm very excited. Well, maybe that's not true. Motivation could be like a huge hit right now instead of it's just a big hit. It could be massive. Whatever. I think she'll be a big star. Um, and the other one I was thinking about the other day when I was in a in a cab and LMI was it LMI or LMA? Does anybody know? I think it's LMA, but I LMA. do not know for sure. Okay. Ella M-A-I. Um, <laughs> that's how you spell Ella's last name is amazing. Um, I think I first heard about Ella from a B-Sides friend and listener, Charlotte. So thank you. Um, and she's the one who had the song Boot Up. That was like the big song of summer 2018. And she's young and she just has a lot of potential ahead of her. So I'm excited for her. Oh my Charlotte, God, wait. Um, tell me directly if I mispronounce her name. Oh, right. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. There's someone that I just thought of. Um, hold on. Let me try to find it. Hannah, it's that song that we really liked that came out this summer. Um, is it that song? Is it that, like, in the club song? Yeah. Okay. Don't call me up. Who? Oh, Mabel. Mabel. Wow, we got there together. That was awesome. But she was in the club in that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in the yeah. club. That song is so good. Song called Don't Call Me Up by Mabel. It's a jam, and Mabel is definitely going to arrive. I could see Mabel opening for Normani. Whoa. Similar, similar vibes. Great 2021 prediction. Way to bring the name Mabel back. Also, Mabel, proud of you. Don't call me up. Don't call me up. That's the beat. Oh, nailed it. Rise and shine. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we're going through these. These are some great questions. Let's get to another really important, keeping us all up at night question, I would say. What? happened to Fergie what happened maybe I'm gonna let you take this I just feel like this is this is for you okay please interject at any point if you have opinions about this um I know we've all been thinking about this pretty nonstop for the last (laughs) decade okay so a little background Fergie you know she was one of the biggest pop stars of the cultural void also known as the mid-aughts. She was a household name. She was in the Black Eyed Peas. pause that Mimi loves to say the word aughts. I've legitimately never met anyone that says mid-aughts or the aughts any time more. Like, I was thinking about it recently. We could put a collage of how many times you said aughts together on this podcast. A lot, a lot of times. I think it's because it's not just that she likes saying the aughts, but she talks about that decade more than anybody. Also true. Like, that's probably why. It's because I'm getting a PhD in... <laughs> In the aughts? The aughts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. Sorry to interrupt. Go. History hasn't been brought up to that moment yet, and it's time for some scholarship. So I was just talking about this earlier. Wow. That's great. Um, anyway, 
So yeah, Fergie used to be a household name. She was in the Black Eyed Peas. She branched out with some of her solo smashes, which we've all come to know and love. There's no disputing any of this, but why did she disappear from the zeitgeist? So here's a rundown of the facts and here we go. Um, so in her personal life, she married Josh Jumal mm-hmm. in 2009, and then she had a baby, Axel, in 2013. So we're working with that. We're working with that knowledge in the back of our heads. So um, she had all these smashes from her first album, The Duchess, or just Duchess, excuse me, which dropped in 2006. All of those lingered for a few years. And the Black Eyed Peas had all these new hits into the new decade. All and these new hits. I wouldn't say all these new hits in the new decade. <laughs> they, yeah. had some, they had some hits. Fergie, Fergie, yeah. Fergie was the main member of the aughts. Of the aughts. <laughs> my London bridge is falling down. My London, London bridge is falling down. <laughs> yes, it's true. I mean, clearly I'm a main <laughs> member of the aughts. <laughs> so it's Fergie. Big Girls um, Don't Cry. Great song. It's an excellent song. It's an excellent no, song. I'm, I'm laughing at I'm laughing at the idea that the Black Eyed Peas had so many new hits <laughs> past 2010. I don't actually think that's true. Okay. They had some through To be honest, um, oh my god, why can't I remember the name of the song? It's a bat mitzvah smash and a wedding smash now. I got, I got a feeling. feeling. Yeah, I got a feeling. <laughs> yeah, but that was 09. You know Fuck you, Hannah. Yeah, the afterlife of that song. The oh, afterlife forever. of that song lasted for Honestly, fuck you, Hannah. Go on, Mimi. <laughs> right. I'm here for and you. Like, and, like, why would they have headlined the Super Bowl halftime show in 2011 if they weren't a big deal? It was their swan song. No. Anyway. The same, the same year, after I repeat that, they went on hiatus. Yes. They, they went on hiatus. Um, so... As the years went on, the next couple years, apparently, like, Fergie was supposed to be cooking up her next album, her sophomore solo album, Double Duchess. And <laughs> I see you. In 2014. But the singles she released were not well-received. And the album was delayed until late into 2017. Her comments were basically that she wasn't going to sacrifice time with her child. Fair enough. Um, and she's like, they keep banging on my door to release an album. But I'm like... I'm with Axel. I'm off the grid. Bye. That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote from her, not just a Mimi's interpretation. Like, just to be clear, that is from Fergie Fergie's mouth. Yeah. She said that to Entertainment Weekly. Um, so, yeah. And she's, she said she was executive producing the album, and it was mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility, and she wanted yes. to strive for greatness. Okay. With all that in mind, a critique of her lead single from the album, L.A. Love, in parentheses, la la, was basically that it, it, there was not much more to it than a mindless geography lesson <laughs> over the top of one of those hot DJ mustard beats that we've already heard 10 times before. Beautiful. She released MILFs in 2016 and Life Goes On to Underwhelming Results. Yeah. Um, and Variety in 2017 called her new music t- uh, tepid reception, that it was surprising considering it has been so many years in the making. True. You would think that's surprising and that she'd be highly anticipated. She left Interscope Records in 2017. She launched her own record label, Duchess Music. Again, we're really just sticking with that word, that theme. Um, And then she and her husband split. And then she officially split from the Black Eyed Peas. And Will I Am had something really rude to say, where he downplayed her role as lead singer of one of the biggest bands to featured female he was like we've had a lot of featured female vocalists i forgot about that that was wild that was rude yeah i had forgotten about it too um that's kind of fucked up her last big music news came in 2018 so again like off like even when she releases her new album it's basically off the radar no one really cares biggest music news came in 2018 when she sang the national anthem at the nba all-star game in a deemed inappropriate jazz style it was honestly kind of iconic. It was. It, it was like she didn't read the room at all, but it was like really iconic. Yeah. Um, oh, 
And she noted in People later that her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner clearly didn't strike the intended tone. That's great. Maybe we'll link to yeah. a video to that. The point is, um, my editorializing aside from what I've done so far, is that like she's just in her 40s and she's busy and that's where she's at. Yeah. And that if we try to like put her in the context of this decade, she's the type of artist whose music thrived in the cheesy, glitzy, relatively shallow, pre-recession, triumphant without cause, Bush administration era. And putting out the same kind of music or attempting to be the same sort of public figure in the long-term aftermath of that and the economic crash and everything just doesn't just doesn't work like people have moved on and she has moved on in her own way in her personal life but not as an artist i don't think and that's where she is thank you mimi that was fun <laughs> and bright stars through the perilous okay we have two more questions from you all. These are shorter ones. Um, the first is, what's your favorite song about a place? Um, like Empire State of Mind, Streets of Philadelphia, Sufjan Stevens, and the large swaths of the Midwest, etc. So I'll start because, first of all, I want to say to that question, fuck Sufjan, for swindling us into thinking he was going to write about the entire country. And then we found out, or more recently, he was never intending on doing that. It was a publicity He's stunt. Never going to do that. So rude. But anyway, my answer to this question is River Lee by Adele. It's not about a place. It just uses a place as a, you know, way to bring in like musical musical and lyrical themes, which I just find really moving. Becky, what's yours? Yeah. And similarly, I think All Too Well is really about upstate New York and always makes me think of a place. All Too Well by Taylor Swift. I said my first thought was Galway Girl from not the Ed Sheeran version, but the 2000 Steve Earle version because it's about Galway, Ireland, and Ireland is very romantic to me. Um, For an American version of this, I said Take Me Home, Country Roads Mm -hmm. by John Denver, another great one. And then just like Philadelphia themed Mm -hmm. because that's where Hannah and I are from, Summertime by The Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Um, Joy Riding Around Philadelphia, and as a joke, Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. But, like, as a joke. Um, So I chose three too many. So I guess I'd go with Galway Girl, but basically all of those. I love it all. I love everyone. Okay, last question for us. Ending on a note about uh, celebs and, uh, you know, romance. Okay, so last question or questions um, is from also from Liz in the Facebook group. Which pop star has the most famous non-musical spouse and which pop star has the least famous spouse? Like, is anyone married to a librarian or a chemist? So in terms of the most famous non-musical spouse, I would say, I think, by my calculations, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. I think that she is the most famous non-musical spouse. I think um, so too. Another one that came to mind is Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman, who is incredibly famous, but not and musical. And look, they're not married, but Blake Sh- – oh, damn it. They're both – never mind. Who? They're oh, and Gwen? Yeah. <laughs> Becky, I did this like four times when I yeah. was thinking about people. I was like, oh, these two. And then I was like, they're both musicians. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This was hard. I've got a list. I think that I think that yours um, mostly trump mine, but just to throw some other names out there: Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel, Posh, mm-hmm. Victoria Beckham and yes. David Beckham, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. Although they're are they married? I don't. Yes, I think they. I feel like they are, but I don't really know. Um, Kanye West, if we can count him, and Kim Kardashian. Yes. That's a pretty big one. Yes, that probably um, jumps yeah. up to your list, but. I wish I had thought about the second half of this question because I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. But. Becky, who has, who would you say has, is the pop star that has the, the least famous spouse? I don't know if this is least famous, but like Kelly Clarkson's married to her manager. That's beautiful. Like Pete Loki. Or, you know, who, she's famous now because she's a spouse, but um, Kevin's 
wife, Danielle Jonas. Oh, yeah. Just random. Just a girl. She's just a girl from New Jersey. What about Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner? Oh. She, do music? she doesn't do music, right? Not that I know. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. That's good. That worked. Nice. Nice. I love it. Um, and on that note of love, we just want to share our love for you all. That's our show. Thank you so much. Usually around this time, we uh, switch to a, a segment called the You Sides, where we ask for you all to share your thoughts and questions. But you know what? I think you had enough to do with our episode today. Um, so we'll actually just, you know, reel you in and close the show. That's, um, enough. that's enough of that. <laughs> um, as you know, we love to talk with you. So follow us on Instagram at listen to the B-Sides. Follow us on Twitter at the B-Sides pod. Join our Facebook group by searching the B-Sides or going to bit.ly slash B-Sides FB group and email us. We love to email with you. Listen to the B-Sides at gmail.com. Uh, but the most important thing you could do to support us and so that we know that we are part of your family and you're part of ours is to subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Um, if you rate and review us and send us that you did that, we will be your best friends, maybe give you some fun things. Um, and we will see you in two Wednesdays when our next episode comes out. It's a good one. Um, get excited. Until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Hannah Zoe. I'm Becky. I'm Mimi. Bye. Bye.